0: This is Lightning Power Lunch with Dave Mishkin and Greg Linelli on Lightning Radio.
1: We, we, we need points, we need kind of and, like we had a push, but uh, it's a little too late, and you know, preventable goals too, and it's just uh, a tough one to swallow. But uh, we got two days here with good practices to, to figure it out and get ready for Washington. Yeah, I
2: thought, I mean, they transitioned very well, so it it just proves that you need to be placing pucks behind them and making their D turn. I thought we did better later in the game, but uh, I thought there were spurts in the game where we needed to get back to that.
0: Well, he's a worker, but he just does what he's asked, and he doesn't try and come outside of his game plan, he doesn't try to manufacture things that aren't there. He gets a game plan in front of him and he executes it, uh, but he executes it with, you know, he wins his puck battles, he's um, he's always in the right spots, and He's earning his ice time. He earned it uh he earned it tonight, and if he keeps doing this, he's gonna get more in the future.
2: Yeah. John Cooper. Who was he talking about? <laughs> Chiefy. That's right, there you go.
0: Who was speaking before John Cooper? That's right. Steve Good is off. very Steve is very smart in how he set up his, you
2: know his the sound. We, the order I, of the sound. He is. And I think we've been tested more times this year in terms of who has been speaking than any other year because there have been so many new players that have popped up, at least that I can remember. Because a couple of times I'll be like, wait, who is that? You know, whether it's Tyler Mott, you finally get an idea of, of how he speaks, Connor Sherry, mm-hmm. same thing there, Glenn Denning, you know, a little bit, and Watson, and then all the new guys from Syracuse. Yeah. Up as well. So, certainly that is, uh, that's a lot of fun at the beginning of the show. It is Power Lunch on Lightning Radio. Hit us up on Twitter, at X, at Bolts Radio there um lots to get to today we want to get into Washington still want to take your questions and comments from the last couple of days I've been taking a, a lot of tweets and Dave Michigan of course is my partner Steve Versnick is with us as well they've still a lot of questions and we'll get to them but the overview that somehow the Lightning didn't play with a sense of urgency and that it falls on the coaching staff it's it not only was a theme after the Ottawa game But I feel like I've heard more critique from that camp this year than I can in any other year. And maybe that explains why there have been a few more hiccups this year than in previous years. First, let's maybe start with that. Do you feel like this year has been a little bit more of a roller coaster ride in the regular season than we can remember? And maybe that's why we are taking some of those questions about the lightning and perceived issues, maybe legitimate issues, not only with the team, but A lot of people have targeted the coaching staff, which to me is an indication that the faithful, the faithful fan base doesn't like where the team's play is because I feel like the chatter about that topic has been way more than any other year
0: we've been doing a show together the chatter has been recent or the chatter
2: I think I think it's been consistently going all year but even more so since I mean honestly pick a month I I feel like we can probably go back in November November and December and still have those conversations
0: sure but I don't think we were hearing as much of that in January when the Lightning were winning so how much of this is just tied to the record and the success the team is having or not having i i I remember greg there were years a couple years actually since we've been doing the show together and we started doing the show together essentially during the pandemic i mean we 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 started doing the show together leading into the bubble tournament so the lightning had a great regular season (laughs) prior to that but we weren't doing the show together at least out of the first couple of months so I look at the 2021 season, which was 56 games. I look at the next season, 2122, a season in which the Lightning were one of eight teams in the East that had basically clinched a playoff spot by Christmas. And there was some fairly inconsistent play later in the year when the Lightning's playoff position wasn't really in doubt or in jeopardy but the way they were playing raised alarm bells among the fan base relating to how they would play in the playoffs and you have have famously at least in my mind famously because i've heard you say it over and over and over I like again. when it says famously I yes like- you famously said and you have stuck to your guns on this basically like tap me on the shoulder when the playoffs begin like they've earned the benefit of the doubt this is this is relating to the 2021 season and then the following year when the lightning were kind of playing mesa mesa hockey in let's say the last third of the regular season and you said i'm not concerned about what's happening in if it were an 82 game season game 63. <laughs> let's see how they do in the playoffs and he said until I see them not do well in the playoffs, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. So when you say that the chatter has been noticeable, I remember the chatter during those times. I think fans are concerned when they see the team not play well, generally, and not play to the standard that that is expected. And I think that that has not happened Well, it has happened. They haven't reached the standard that is expected the last couple of games. So that's why I asked whether it was more recent. What has happened this year? I think the Lightning have had a lot of difficulty getting buttoned up defensively. I'm not breaking any earth-shattering news here. I've been saying that basically all year. It is reflected in where their goals against number is, which is still near the bottom of the league. I think that they are, as a result of that, Definitely in much shakier territory relating to getting into the playoffs, although they are still in a better spot than many of the teams who are in contention in the East, although it's way too close for comfort, probably in Lightning Land, based on where we are, 25 games left in the regular season. And I brought this up yesterday, Greg, uh, as we discussed the depth scoring. I think the Lightning have gotten depth scoring this year but I think they have not necessarily gotten timely depth scoring or if it hasn't been scoring I think that they've not been able from from top to bottom through their four lines as you put it yesterday kind of drive play and make the other team uncomfortable and I think that that's a, a fair comment to make I think there have been points when they have done and that's coincided with them doing well in terms of their one loss record so i don't know if that really answers your your question that's how i see it so however you framed it with the chatter that was it that they were inconsistent or they didn't have urgency to their game i think that they have had some flat games this year but you know what you can go down the list and look at every one of the 32 teams in the nhl and they have games when they look flat where it's just not happening when that happens against a top team i think there's disappointment but maybe the fan base is like they just didn't have it tonight and the other team did when it happens against a team below you in the standings though it's tougher to swallow and that's what happened the other night against ottawa
2: yeah, and I think you're right about the roller coaster ride a little bit more when it happens when the team is going through a, a, a few more games where they've struggled. And I think that's happened more this year than last year. And I think that's probably the overall pulse I have at the team where we stand. And look, I think a lot of teams are in in the similar boat like the lightning in terms of some inconsistent plays and just, you know, take a look at the records, take a look at the Eastern Conference in general, and you're seeing some movement up and down the standings pretty consistently yeah you're never going to be great every year I think you want to be great during the playoffs and that's why maybe it's wrong for me to look at I don't think it is when I look at this lightning team I think I've said a couple of things and I'm curious what our audience thinks at bolts radio I think they are more flawed this year than in previous years and we have debated what does that mean where are they a little more challenged this year than in previous years Some have said the the back end, some have said the depth scoring, some have said maybe even the goaltending, and maybe some will go to the coaching. But I I think coaching for me is at the bottom of the list because I think coaching in many ways is directly tied to the players and how they perform. And I know some coaches make a bigger impact than others, but if that's the case, John Cooper, you have, have to give him high praise for what he's been able to do with his team. There's always this argument that, well, you've got a lot of talent, well, you should win. Well, Dave, you're supposed to win. I mean, if you've got a really good team, you shouldn't be penalized for winning when you have a good team. Because how many times do coaches get fired when the general manager perceives that his team underachieved? And because of that, the coach ends up being canned. John Cooper has a pretty great track record of getting his team to compete at a pretty high level at the best opportunities. The way you do that is to get into the playoffs, but you also have to keep your head above water in the regular season. I think this year has been a bit more challenging from the Lightning's perspective, and there are reasons for that. Has the cap, in many ways, caught up to them? Have uh, trading away draft picks to win now, does that eventually catch up with them? It eventually will, and the people who are the naysayers who like to harp on the issues regarding the team and have done so for the last few years, Eventually, you're going to be right. But I go back to the example of the Pittsburgh Penguins where, Dave, from probably 2008 to their last cup where they won, you could have made the argument they were legitimate Stanley Cup contenders every year. Mm -hmm. Think about that window. 2008, when they beat the Red Wings, even go the year before when they lost to the Red Wings in the final. So from that year... So the last year they won their final Stanley Cup with this group. I mean, how many years is
0: that? Twenty seventeen. So that's a decade. That's a decade. Yeah. The Lightning are there. I mean, when you if you want to go back to, what do you think is
2: a fair point? The Chicago Blackhawks series. I mean, kind of like this run of of where they've been on, and, and mm-hmm. yeah, I understand they missed the playoffs. So what? But from 2014, 2015 to where they are now you're starting to get into that decade-long run of competitive hockey. And I actually think they can go further than that because I think what separates them from a lot of those teams is the fact that their core group of players is still relatively young hockey-wise. But I think eventually things aren't going to be as smooth as they were maybe at the beginning of your run. I think where the Lightning now are starting to show a few more cracks is just – Overall depth, and it's not necessarily on the back end because I I think they're starting to find that. I think it's what do you have coming up from Syracuse or some of the guys who are on the roster right now that can elevate their play at the right time? I think there have just been a few more inconsistencies in that area, and I think that's why we have seen a few more inconsistencies this year. But the X factor in all of this is what will Julian Brieswa do? And that's always something that we have discussed. And I think accurately so that the Lightning do have that as a go to. Because I do not think we took a question was it about rebuilding last mm-hmm. year? I mean, this team's not going to be rebuilding. They just aren't. I mean, I think when you have Kucherov and Vasilevsky and Braden Point and Victor Hedman and Steven Stamkos specifically, you don't rebuild. Now, you may have to make some tough decisions to acquire some assets, but maybe that upgrades your team while you make that move. But I think whatever, however you define the core, as long as that core is in place, and Dave, they are in place outside of Stephen Stamkos right now because there's some talk about what's going to happen with his contract, all of those players have been signed to a long-term deal. And so you've made a commitment to the organization and to those players that We believe in this team. We believe in you. We gave you those long-term deals, by the way, too, because you're still young enough where we think that contract is still going to be a decent one even midway through it. But I think the goal will be how can the Lightning support those players through drafting, through trading, through waiver wire pickups that allows them to be a competitive team in the playoffs. And I think, again, that's ultimately where they will be judged. We are not going to remember if and when the Lightning get into the playoffs this year. At least I won't. I'm not going to remember too much about that loss to Ottawa. I may remember the game against the Florida Panthers because nine is pretty unusual in today's game, and that's probably going to stick out for a lot of people. But I think whoever the Lightning would take on in that first round I'm not sure too many of us are going to look at what they did in the regular season as how they are going to perform in the postseason, because I think there is a level of expectation that that team will be a bit better and a bit more, I think, buttoned up in the playoffs because of experience, because of talent, than what they showed in the regular season.
0: Well, you can find examples. Just look at the game by game from the years when the Lightning had great playoff success, whether it ended in a Stanley Cup or just ended in a deep run. They had some bad losses. Remember David Savard's first game with the Lightning? Like he went to Nashville. I mean, they couldn't do anything right. What did they lose? 7 1 in that game? I think Victor Hedman was minus four, minus five, or something like that. And when the Lightning got hammered by the Panthers earlier this week, steve versnick pulled out the stat that it was late december of 2021 so that was the year that the lightning got to the stanley cup final against colorado and oh by the way beat florida in the playoffs they lost 9-3 to the panthers in sunrise there have been some ugly games the lightning have had during the regular season that had no bearing whatsoever on what happened in the playoffs Remember when the Lightning and and Maple Leafs played twice at Amelie Arena late in the regular season before they were going to meet, and it was clear they were going to meet in the first round? This was 2022. That was the year when the seeds were basically, the, the playoff teams were set and basically the seeding was set well before the regular season ended. And in the first game, the Maple Leafs blew out the Lightning. I think a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen in the playoff series? Then they met, whatever it was, a week or a week and a half later again at Amelie Arena, and the Lightning blew out the Maple Leafs. What happened in the playoff series? Seven games. Yeah. I mean, that was a razor thin series, and the Lightning won the seventh game by goal. So, from the standpoint that, like, you were making the point that the playoffs are a whole new ball game and success or failure in the playoffs, however you want to define failure, meaning you don't go deep or you don't win the cup, however you want to frame it, it usually is not tied to anything specific that happened during the regular season. You can always find bad games. Look, will the Vancouver Canucks win the Stanley Cup this year? I mean, I guess they they have as good a shot as anyone, right? Like they, I think the Panthers actually passed them in terms of points
1: percentage. But Vancouver's going for it.
0: Yeah. And so, like, if the Vancouver Canucks win the Stanley Cup this year, is anyone going to remember the fact that they lost 10-7 to to Minnesota and gave up two hat tricks to two different Minnesota players and blew a 4-1 lead?
2: No, no. Dave, no. I
0: have a hard time remembering what happened yesterday. That's what, what I else. mean. Yeah. yeah. So, every team has some bad games. Every team has dips. Uh, the Lightning are not in a position, though, unlike Vancouver, the Lightning are not in a position right now where they can afford a dip. Or if they have a dip, they're going to put themselves in a worse position where they are going to be chasing. They are still being chased because they hold a wild card spot, although points percentage-wise, they are right now eighth. Detroit's behind them in terms of points, but ahead of them in terms of points percentage, which means that only one more team needs to pass them, and they'll be on the outside looking in which maybe is a good segue to, to some interesting out-of-town scores last night because he had four teams that are behind the Lightning, all in the Metro. And those four teams played each other. Pittsburgh Islanders, Capitals, Devils. So as I mentioned on the show yesterday, in each of those games, one team chasing the Lightning was going to be getting two points. The Capitals won in regulation, the Islanders won in overtime. Because it was an overtime game, the Penguins got a point. Devils got no points. So at least the Capitals and the Islanders moved two points closer to the lighting. That's why there needs to be urgency moving forward here in the final 25 games for sure, but especially in these next four games, all against Metro teams. It's
2: interesting. You're right about the scores last night in the standings because
0: the islanders get a big win yeah but not they, it didn't help them with the tie break again they had a they had a lead in regulation were they up by two they were up in the third, third? two against penguins tied. so <laughs> well i understand that that's how you feel greg but from the islander standpoint yeah. like they not only need points they need to try and get regulation wins they didn't get it last night they are it's incredible how many overtime games they've played. Yeah.
2: Right? I mean, they only have 16 regular season, or regulation wins. And that is just brutal. Now, you can make the case they're getting points, and I think you and I have discussed that. Which and is
0: they, the most important
2: yeah. part of And, it. and yeah. they are, you know, theoretically, five points behind the Flyers for third in the Metro and four points behind Detroit for the last wild card. So I acknowledge all of that. But it's still, I mean, look at some of these teams here that are just knocking on the door in the wild card. You know, you've got the Devils, you've got the Islanders, the Capitals who we're going to see tomorrow. They're going to be playing with desperation. Pittsburgh's at 56. I mean, Buffalo's still, I I don't know, I'm putting them in that group. I think Pittsburgh's on life support. They've come out of the bye week not well at all. What's incredible still about them is if you look at their goal differential, they're still
0: yeah, Last night, 11, 11. I see it, 11
2: yeah. Well, the capitals are minus 32.
0: And they helped themselves by scoring six <laughs> last night. That might be the high watermark for goals in a game by the capitals. I'm speaking a little bit off the top of my head right now. Maybe they've hit six in another game, but they are usually winning games like three to two, two to one if they're winning. Yeah, right. Ovechkin had two goals last night beat up on the Devils pretty good Devils the Devils continue to struggle with their team defense
2: I was going to say look you can make the argument some of these teams that we've discussed in the wild card they all have flaws yeah that's why they they are where they are and I I think we've talked about this before but I'm curious maybe to revisit it now maybe out of the, the Devils the Islanders
0: and the Caps let's put Pittsburgh away because I I just they're just not but if you look at they are if you look at kind of the point potential so let's just say the lightning didn't play for 10 days and these other teams all made up their games in hand and this is just a hypothetical but if the devils islanders capitals and penguins all won the games that they had and they made up the games in hand of the lightning and they all won all of their games the lightning would be at 57 games played with 65 points and the other four teams, if they got to 57, they would all be at 64 points. It would be a one-point difference. So as much as you're saying the Penguins are are falling out of it, like, they're two points back of the Caps with a game in hand. They're four points back of the Devils and Islanders with two games in hand. So, like, from the standpoint, those teams are not going to win. Like, all four of those teams aren't going to make up those games in hand in the next 10 days and win all of those games. That's just not the way the schedule works. But if you were to try and determine like where are the Lightning vis-a-vis these other teams, those teams have an opportunity if they can win the games they have in hand on the Lightning to make this very, very close. And they're all level in that regard. Now you've watched the Penguins and you're like, they just don't look like a team that can string together four straight wins to make up these games in hand and, and get close. Fair enough. But they, it's not like they're Columbus or Ottawa, Ottawa's playing well. Ottawa rallied from 2-0 down in Sunrise and got a point, but they have so much ground to make up. You know, the, Penguins are, the Penguins are still within striking distance, but if you want to eliminate them for the sake of making your argument, go ahead and look at the eliminate Devils Islanders. Them, Dave.
2: Eliminate them.
0: Look at the Devils Islanders <laughs> and Capitals. I think what you're saying, Greg, is even though it would be difficult if you were GM of the Penguins, you would, you would maybe sell. At the deadline
2: i i just think you know and and here's well i don't want to make this a conversation surrounding them i i think they're flawed i actually think the capitals are flawed i'm not sold on the devil's goaltending i think that's an issue
0: but they could acquire a goalie
2: they could i mean there's always that part and then this is kind of where you go from a gm perspective because dave i think hockey more than any other sport if you're a wild card, if you're an eighth seed, a seventh seed, I think if you do play well and get hot at the right time and you've got some key ingredients on that roster that can be difference makers, you can make a run at the Stanley Cup final. It's been done. Correct. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can go all the way back to what Nashville. Yeah. How As about Florida? Last Florida year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, so there are examples. I think you have to ask yourself the question, what do you make of the devil's overall roster? And if you think they were about to acquire a goaltender, which doesn't often
0: happen does it during the trade deadline where you go get a, a number, number one. one it's hard to find a number one i mean mark andre Fleury has been moved and quick was moved last year ben bishop was moved That's but true. it's not like those those That's players true. went to their new team and, and started playing all the games how about corpus last year he played a lot for the kings didn't he, he i did. think he did yeah He did. But you're right. I think that's the exception rather than... And
2: so, like, does that prevent you from doing something drastic with your team outside of that position? Like, if you're the Devils, and Dave, this is strictly a hypothetical. If you're the Devils, would you take a flyer on Marc-Andre Fleury if you felt like you had the team to make a run? Do you think Fleury is enough? I'll give you another scenario. And this is assuming Pittsburgh sellers. And I think there's some internal conversations because he's been really good and the the goaltender market has been not great. Would you take a flyer on Tristan Jari? I thought you were going to say Nadelkovic.
0: I think Jari brings you back a lot more in return. Well, right, but why would you trade away a, a proven goalie? Maybe
2: you get well because you think Nadelkovic,
0: who has played well as well, could be that guy Yeah. in the short run. I don't know. I don't know the answer. I mean, I think that... If it is as simple for the Devils as we need a guy who can stop the puck more, while it is difficult to acquire a goalie that might check the boxes that you need to check, that is only one player, right? As opposed to something that might be a little bit more systemic, and that's harder to address. There are more holes to to plug when it's systemic. When you can truly lay a lot of the, the problems you're having defensively on just inadequate goaltending, some of those problems can be fixed if you can find a goalie. We looked at their cap space. I mean, they have a lot of cap space to be you're able right, to. You're add talking a about goalie, the Devils. The Devils, yeah. And the guy that, that is rumored is Markstrom. I guess a lot of that is contingent on what the Flames want to do. But if they could get Markstrom, he is a number one. He would be, I think, most people would agree, an upgrade over the goaltending that they currently have. And so that would be a question: Is it worth it? What's his contract status too? I think he's a UFA. Okay, that always makes. But you're worried about this year, and maybe a guy like that, you you acquire and sign too. I mean, the Devils. There's a reason why Andre Palat signed with the Devils the Devils are a young exciting team yeah let me tell you why money (laughs) well yes (laughs) that's that's a big part of it that's a big part of it fair enough and pretty good team but Markstrom Markstrom as a UFA is gonna get money yeah he will so if he is traded to the Devils he might look at that team and say boy they got Hughes they got Brad they got he
2: I think they got Luke Hughes I would agree. I think Hughes, that dynamic changes things a little bit with the Devils in terms of a place you'd like to play. Right. Maybe not. I I, I would think just playing with somebody like that, at least it's not the same Devils where it's just kind of a run-of-the-mill franchise. Nobody wants to live there. Nobody wants to go there. They're not competitive. I think think he has changed it, and that's what franchise players are supposed to do, aren't they? Yeah, he has. They're supposed to change things. So the goaltender market, I think, would be one of those things you'd ask yourself. I, I, I think I was going back minus Pittsburgh, Dave. Out of out of okay. those teams who are fighting for look a at the other three spot. teams. Then Tell yeah, which ones? Think. Which ones do we think are a little more legit to do something if they get into the playoffs? And I mean, do we think? Do we want to throw Detroit in there too? I know they're kind of hanging on to that last wild card. They've been a little more consistent. I'm not sold on the Devils. I'm not sold on the Islanders. I don't think they're a good defensive team. I think there are some questions too about their goaltending. although some would disagree with that uh, on on that front. Um, you know, I think the Devils probably would be the team I'd look at and say out of like the Islanders, Capitals and Penguins, they're they're a little more legit. But there's question marks. Sure.
0: Maybe at the biggest position you need. Yeah. To be competitive. Well, we'll see what they do in the next few weeks. Less than few weeks. March eighth is coming up. What's today? The twenty first. So we're looking at a little over two weeks. Yeah. Isn't that Linelli Baby Day? March eighth. It is. <laughs> you'll be you'll be making a different kind of acquisition, right? <laughs> that is correct. That is correct. We Wait, will be. What you get in this? We're going to be adding to the salary cap. Right. You added the salary cap and the trade on trade deadline day is you are adding, but you are paying in lack of sleep. That's lack what's going of, back the other way. That is
2: that is um, 100%. <laughs> yeah. true. I may have to ask for a raise. I don't know. <laughs> my my contract negotiations, we're adding. We're adding to the roster. And, well, congratulations
0: uh, again that. in advance. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. It'll be a, a and lot And for of the money. sake of power lunch, I hope that... that <laughs> the young lanelli does not decide to arrive before march 8th so you were. You never know you
2: never know you never know know. you just uh unfortunately uh mom and dad might not have a say in that if uh, (laughs) no that's 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 not usually the way it works ready to go so we we understand that completely uh at bolts radio if you want to get involved uh in the conversation i had a couple of questions that started to, to trickle in so anyways just to give people kind of a our or at least my take I mean I, I think well, the what Devils- you're
0: saying is these teams below the Lightning in Detroit the teams that are below the playoff cut line you feel like the Devils might have the most legitimate claim to getting in the playoffs but you're not sold on any of them doing any kind of damage should they get into the playoffs that's basically what you're saying yeah
2: because right? I I think at that position It's a question mark i mean even even if you had slightly above average goaltending i think you'd feel better about making a run if you were a team like the devils or the islanders or the capitals and and maybe they feel like they do and that's that's kind of where they are i i I don't i think the other thing we're going to start looking at here depending on where the lightning finish we're going to start looking at matchups yeah because the lightning are currently now at the first wild card dave
0: who would they play the rangers all of that right? is all of that is very fluid though. Well, because, it will, I mean the Rangers and Panthers and Bruins are all close in points, which means that who's going to finish first, who's going to finish second, who's going to be the top team getting the second wild card, who's going to be the team getting the first wild card. We don't know any of that yet. No. And Carolina is is within striking distance too. I mean Carolina is 6 points back of the Rangers. Rangers have pulled away a little bit because they've won eight in a row but I mean Carolina is, has gone eight and two in the last 10. The so they've been news hot is, as well listen the good news is too if you want to if you want to play
2: off emotions in many ways the Lightning may be the underdog in the first round
0: oh I'm sure they're going to be the underdog the
2: which first. is a little shocking considering the resume but it it's you know kind of what have you done for me lately mm-hmm. and I think people just wanting to say okay the Lightning had their time now, somebody else is ready because uh, being this great for this long just doesn't happen. I, th- there's a lot of that for sure. But I, I think that can play into any type of playoff series with the Tampa Bay Lightning. You, you yeah. could make a case, however far they get, they will be the underdog, especially if they finish in
0: the wild card. Well, so the Lightning and Red Wings occupy the two wild card spots. And I'm just going to bring this up. Now, as we look at where they, they are vis-a-vis each other. So the wings have two games in hand. They're a point behind the wings had a really tough stretch coming out of the bye week home Vancouver, and then four games in Western Canada slash Seattle. And that's a tough five game stretch. Two against Vancouver. And they had Edmonton in there. They played Calgary. They played Seattle. They went three and two. That's not bad. I mean, they didn't go 5-0, and oh, but they came out of it with their head above water in that they are still in the second wild card and because the Lightning have dropped their last two, they are basically back to where they were entering the, the bye week, essentially. So two games in hand on the Lightning, one point back, there is one head-to-head game remaining between the teams that will take place at Amelie Arena. I believe it's, it's April 1st. April Fool's Day, the teams will play. So if we look at the tiebreaker, the first tiebreaker is regulation wins. The Lightning have three more regulation wins than the Red Wings. So they have an advantage there. Now, if the Red Wings are going to make up ground, they could make up ground with regulation wins. The second tiebreaker is regulation overtime wins. So you're taking all of your wins, subtracting shootout wins. It's closer. Lightning have 28, the Red Wings have 27. So Just for the sake of argument, if the Wings manage to tie the Lightning not only in points, but also in these first two tiebreakers, which is conceivable. It's conceivable that that could happen. What's the third tiebreaker? Head-to-head. Well, the teams have only played three games this year. Will only play three games this year. It's the one team the Lightning play only once at home. The Panthers are the one team in their division they play once on the road. So how do they determine head-to-head when you're playing an odd number of games? Do you know how they do it, Craig? Tell me. The first game that is played that is the extra home game is eliminated. So the game the Lightning had in Detroit, now they've lost both games in Detroit, so I guess it doesn't really matter. But the first game they played in Detroit way back in the second game of the year, that game is, is not included. So if the Lightning can beat the Red Wings, they would have to do it in regulation. Then we go to the next tiebreaker. <laughs> so I mean this thing could go way down the line. But I think right now the Lightning have an advantage in the first tiebreaker. So I think it's it's important to win. But if they can, the most important thing is to get points. The second most important thing is to get two points. The third most important thing is if you can get those two points in regulation. Because the Lightning are sitting In a more advantageous position with the first tiebreaker than most of the teams around them. And that includes Detroit. I think if the Lightning are going to miss the playoffs, they are going to be passed. They're going to have to be passed right now by two teams. I think one of those teams is going to be Detroit. I may be wrong about this, but I, I think it's unlikely that two teams below the playoff cut line, both Metro teams, pass both the Lightning and the Red Wings. So if the Lightning can keep the Red Wings behind them, somehow, some way, I think that that would be a key to to making the playoffs too. And they have to they have to keep distance between themselves and and those Metro teams that are. I think they, right I think now ninth, tenth, eleventh. Yeah, I think you are right on that. Uh, Mark says, setting
2: aside the on ice issues like turnovers and puck management what concerns me is the seeming lack of accountability from the coaches and team leaders parentheses stammer and hetty in regards to the sag issue
0: it needs to be addressed and this
2: kind of gets back to our conversation We, yeah
0: and you brought that up at the beginning of the show and i didn't really address it look if if the fans believe that after the first period ended against ottawa when the Lightning had a good start, didn't get rewarded, and then gave up a goal and sagged and gave up a second goal. If they feel like the Lightning just went into the, the locker room during the intermission and didn't address it, they're wrong. I don't, know, I don't know why you would think that that didn't happen. It did. It just didn't have an effect. That can, that can occur sometimes. They weren't able to build up their game. But look, I mean, we hear him speak to the media. He's extremely intelligent and eloquent. I'm talking about Stamkos and how he thinks about the game, how he understands the game. But you won't find one player with the Lightning who has played with the Lightning while Stamkos has been on the team, certainly since he's been team captain, who would say that he's not a good captain. <laughs> like, he knows how to press buttons. He's a terrific captain. So this notion that there was no accountability or the leadership group, look, sometimes it just doesn't happen for you. Sometimes the words that are spoken do not have the desired effect, that's sports. Sometimes you're not able to perform to your top ability or be in sync as a team and execute as well as you can on other nights and i know we talked about this a bit yesterday i think the way the game unfolded had an effect and there is another team out on the ice that is getting better defensively i mean the panthers dropped nine on the lightning how many did they score against ottawa two well two and then they scored in overtime ottawa's getting better
2: you think ottawa's disappointed though this year
0: Yes, and, and the, the caveat I will add is when you're way out of the playoffs, sometimes, I mean, it can go one of two ways. Sometimes the bottom just drops out and you, you just get blown out. But sometimes, like there's not a lot of pressure on them right now. They're not really in the playoff hunt. So they can just kind of go out and play their game and do what the coach is asking them to do. And they're doing it pretty well. Yeah, but at some point that gets old. Well, you right? have to be able, so now you have to carry it into next year and do it when the stakes are higher. And when the stakes were high this year, they weren't able to do it. So that's, that's a discussion for Ottawa. But yeah. where is their game right now? Their game right now is they have some talented offensive players and they're, they're doing a pretty good job defensively. So the Lightning
3: ran into that too.
0: Circumstances for sure i don't think this was an issue greg of however the fan put it uh an absence of leadership when does it become about leadership
2: you know that's to me that's always the interesting question that is because more like, like...
0: So when we talk about systemic problems teams that don't have strong leadership within the room those cracks become evident earlier in the season essentially do you think they 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 aren't they aren't something that that just like appears overnight (laughs) in one game well where was the leadership like I think that it's it's the culture of the room that's that's where you see it
3: I don't disagree with that I I think
2: I don't want to say leadership is overrated, because I, I do think there's value. The Lightning have a history of having really good leaders, all the way back to you know Dave Anderchuk and being able to help players navigate certain situations and being an influence on some younger players if you're a veteran guy. So I, I get that. I think we would all agree winning helps aid that leadership tremendously. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, your best players have to be your leaders. Does it help if they have the credentials of winning cups? I think, yeah, I think everybody's probably chasing that, though. There are a lot of high-end players right now that haven't won that are still considered good leaders because their production on the ice still matters and is still relevant. And I think the Lightning have a lot of those guys. You know, Lightning have arguably the two best players at their position right now in the game. You can you can debate Vasi for sure in net now, but I, I still think he's the guy, and Kucherov, the year he's having, some would say he's the best offensive player in the game. Headman mm-hmm. at times has been called the best defensive player in the game. And not only that, Dave, you have several Hall of Famers on that roster right now, probably including the head coach. So I think... I think for the Lightning, it's not about leadership. I think it's more about upgrading the talent. And is that a leadership issue? Not on ice, I don't think. You know, Steven Stamkos getting stripped by Matthew Joseph, leading to a goal. I think that's just Steven Stamkos knowing the situation, trying to make a play, and he got burned. I think that team has won enough with that group, where leadership's not an issue. I think like most cases, it comes down to talent. Because Steven Stamkos can be the greatest leader in the world, Dave, but if they have deficiencies up and down that lineup, it doesn't matter how many rings Steven Stamkos has, necessarily, it still comes down to, do you have enough talent to win game in and game out? And I think for the first time in a while, the Lightning have... Good talent. Are they head and shoulders better than a lot of teams they're facing, like maybe in previous years, as much as you could in the cap area? era, Probably not. And that's something that we're, we're trying to talk through and figure out. What are the options? Who do they have? Who can Julian Breezewa potentially acquire? But I don't think he has to worry about, and I don't think John Cooper has to worry about, Dave, leadership in that locker room. I think it comes down to more talent. And that's kind of where I am, Mark. I appreciate the the tweet, though. Let me get to a couple of more here. Um, Jay, this was from yesterday, talking about the auto game. Um, he says, basically, he's concerned going into the next three games. He felt like the first six, eight minutes, followed by mostly flat effort for the next 30, was concerning. And putting the lines in a blender, um, is all Cooper could do to
0: get the things going. Yeah, I think we actually touched on that we yesterday. Might have touched on, yeah. yeah, but but John Cooper did keep the lines in a blender at practice. And when he was asked about it, he said there is a method to the madness. So we'll see. I mean sometimes when he pulls Point and Coutre off apart and, and puts them on separate lines, like that does
3: have kind of the effect of a jolt.
2: I, I want to get to this, three, but I'm curious for you, because I, line combinations today in the NHL are just, they are what they are. I mean, I think coaches definitely tinker with them more than not. Do you have a, a preference with the first line and, and maybe the second line? If you're kind of looking at what you've seen this year, I've always liked Hegel on the first line.
0: Yeah, I know you have. And and they put him with Point and Kucherov after the Ottawa game started and things began going sideways. I think that I like having I think I like having the regularity of lines, but I also like how John Cooper switches the lines for a couple of reasons. First of all, he he gives players an opportunity to play with lots of other players because you never know when a situation is going to arise when you have to play with guys who are not your regular line mates. The second part that I like is no matter how good a line is, there are points when things get stale and you need to make them less stale. And the one thing the coach can do is switch up the lines. Now, Coop has a quicker trigger finger than many other NHL coaches, but that's okay. That's the way he's done it with with great success. You asked me specifically what, what are the line combinations I like the most? The lady have had a lot of success with Point Kucherov-Stampkos. They've had a lot of success with Point Kucherov-Hagel. Yep. We've seen less, but not never. Point Kucherov-Paul, we've definitely seen that. So I think all of them can be effective, but I am not in disagreement with Koop that when things start to go stale, you need to mix it up. Now, he has been hesitant to pull apart. Hesitant maybe is the wrong word. He hasn't felt it was necessary to pull apart Point and Kucherov. But if I'm being honest, like, you know, the last couple of games, things have not, I don't want to say things have not come for Kooch the way they, they have most of the year. I mean, he did have a breakaway against Bobrovsky, right? And he Bobrovsky did. made the save. But I could see them fighting it a little bit. In the last couple of games some of that had to do with how the other team was keying on kucherov so much so if they're going to put guys in a position to key on kucherov if you move braden point to a different line now other players have to worry about braden point or vice versa sure i mean i think that their teams are going to put their quote-unquote best defensive players on the ice when they can as the road team you don't get last change but the Capitals are going to try and get their best defensive players out against Kucherov. Now, the Caps have had a pretty good defensive year, so it's not just like they have four or five players who can defend and then, and then there's a big drop-off. I think they've done it as a team. But what, what you're forcing the other team to do is deal with, if we're going to say Kucherov and Point are the two most dangerous offensive players the Lightning have. Now you're forcing the other team to deal with them on separate lines. As dynamic as they are together and acknowledging the chemistry that they have together, when you split them up, it creates more of a matchup puzzle for the other team. But we know Coop, like we could be whatever, five minutes into the first period and he's putting Point and Kutra back together. (laughs) We've seen that this year too. Yeah, no, it's
2: it's it's relevant. It's it's a good point, and I you think said you like Hegel with those guys. I, I do, but I I you know again we kind of go back to like the Sorelli factor and all of this. So you know I'm curious how that will play out eventually, mm-hmm. but we'll see how uh, how things transpire. For sure, I want to get to a couple of more um, tweets here, and they they were trickling in couple of days ago actually yesterday uh anthony says i think most of us already raced the game from memory against auto for some reason this team has too many games like the past two years can't break momentum waves point needs to work on his face-offs more and his line mates also first center can't be at 43 percent
0: he has had a tough year in the circle now he has not taken all the face-offs when his line has been out there when he's been with Stamkos, Stamkos has taken a fair number of face-offs this year and some of that might be due to the fact that Stamkos' percentage is higher than points. Point is better than 43%, though. On that, I am I am in total and absolute agreement that that is an area of his game that has definitely dipped this year. And should the Lightning get into the playoffs? And they've been a pretty good face-off team this year, but that's because Glenn Denning and Paul are... are like in the the mid 50s which has really helped their team average but should they get into the playoffs they're going to need Braden point to be better than 43 percent now as phil often points out it's not only on the centermen the 50 50 pucks you're you're relying on your wingers to come in and and help you win the faceoff, but just like the top guys deserve credit yeah for being the top guys even though there are some 50-50s in there. When you're at 43%, I mean you have to you have to take a lot of the blame there. You do. And the only reason I say he's better than that cuz this isn't like his rookie year. You can go back. In fact, I will look at his percentage year by year and
3: tell you exactly where he has been. All right. When's the last time
2: he's at 43%?
0: Yeah. So last year he was at 50.7. Two years ago, he was at 51%. The 56 game season, he was a nick under 50, 49.4. Year before that, the the 1920 season, 51.1. The 62 win season, he was at 50.8. His first couple of years in the league, he was in he was lower. But starting with his third year, every year he has been Above 50% say for one year when he was half a percentage lower. This has been an outlier year. Now the fan said 43%. I have him at 44.4%. But that's lower. That's lower than where he has been. I feel like it's just been a little bit of an off year for Braden Point. Yeah, things have a little bit. I mean, he's he's still, still point what point per game guy. Yeah, he's a point per game. He's 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 bumping 30 goals. It's the eye test. Just the eye test. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. It's like the gut, the gut feeling. The eye tests,
2: they, they typically don't lie. They don't. Anthony says also, Merlo brings more to the team. He needs the play, but we don't have a roster spot. Only Lulberg is waiver exempt. P.S. Goalie interference call
0: uh, going against us is crazy. Yeah, we spent a lot of time going over that goalie interference. He's right, though. He's that was right. Monday's show. He's right. Uh, look, I talked to to Phil and Chief when I saw them at the game. So I hadn't seen Phil or Chief since the game on Saturday. So I saw them again on Monday. And both of them independently said, forget goalie interference. That should have been a penalty on Verhage for slashing the stick. I didn't actually see it that way. But look, I'm going to defer to the guys who, one of whom is was a goalie, right? <laughs> And the others spent a lot of time in front of the net. They felt it was an actual penalty. I kind of felt Verhage was just going for the tip. But they could have gone a number of different directions with that call. What they decided to say was it was incidental contact. So they kind of saw it the way that I saw it, which was Verhage was going for a tip. And because the contact happened, quote-unquote, outside the crease, that took precedence over the fact that Vasilevsky was not allowed to play his position by making the glove save even though his skates were in the crease that's the part that's that I mean I'm sorry I'm this is the last thing I'm gonna say (laughs) I like it worked up again like all right you're gonna say the goalie is out of the crease and therefore different rules apply I get it like I understand that but if the goalie is standing in the crease isn't he in the crease isn't he trying to play his position in the crease If he happens to reach out with his glove to make a save and the glove goes outside the crease, but he is actually in the crease, shouldn't that be defined as being in the crease? I agree. I mean, these goalies (laughs) are not Gumby, right? Where they're stretching their arm out 10 feet. If his skates are in the crease, he's in the crease.
3: He's playing his position in the crease.
0: Anyway, maybe they revisit this. And they don't even change the the verbiage, but they change the emphasis and get back to what I think is the spirit of the rule. And again, if the Lightning were on the other side of the coin here, I would be saying the exact same thing. I had no skin in the game, whether Boston or Detroit won that game in Detroit. I guess if you were to ask me, I would say, yeah, it would probably help the Lightning if Detroit lost and Boston won. Boston did win that game. But I said the same thing. Jeremy Swayman was interfered with. And his skates were actually outside the crease. But the league, the league allowed that goal to stand, and they allowed the Forestland goal to stand. What was the term that, that we used? Common sense? I mean, yeah. if you're going to say that the blue paint is the goalie's domain, and the goalie skates are in the blue paint, that to me is in the crease. But that's not how the rule is, is written. And clearly not interpreted. Lightning have had a lot of goalie interference calls go against them though this year. Which probably adds a little insult to injury. Yeah. Salt in the wounds.
2: In terms of Merla, I think another question he asked. Yeah, he there had I mean, uh, there too. Uh, you know. I think they're they're working through all of it. I, I think I do think the Lightning are in a position they'll find a way best players are gonna be on that roster come playoff time. That's kind of how I, I view it. If you think Merle is in that, in that category, I think the, the whole coaching staff is making those evaluations as we speak and, and what makes the most sense. Lilleberg looked, for me, maybe the first game against Ottawa, a little... Was it a little shaky? Or was it Florida? It might have been Florida. The toe drag, was that on him?
0: Yeah, Stutzla. I feel like, yeah,
2: Stutzla. Uh, uh, that, you know, a little shaky there. Uh, but that's going to happen. That's a world-class play. Um, is that deterring me from putting him on the ice consistently? No, I, mean, I think you've gotten this far with him. You just want to keep playing him unless you upgrade at that position.
0: I think that's kind of how I would view him. Yeah, they but- want him to work through whatever growing pains are going to come his way, which is natural. I mean, it's natural yeah. for a young defenseman as he's adjusting to the NHL game to have to work through some things and and smooth out some bumps. Yeah but they haven't pulled him out of the lineup. So it's not like they're saying he needs to to have a reset. He needs to to take a game off. He needs to go over video and just exhale. Like they're throwing him back out there. No, I would agree. That's the course of action for him. And they feel that's the right course of action to, and it's, it's not like his play is dipped appreciably. It's just that you're right. I mean, there have been some plays where you're like, he's a young guy playing a very difficult position. He's new to the NHL. I think that's fair.
2: Yeah, I think that's fair. We want to end the show here. I want to bring Steve on because we have a, a couple of uh, updates potentially on on one of our shows. And I, I want Ooh, news to news to me get it on for the block yeah. party, right?
1: Well, the next Block Party Live is scheduled for Wednesday, March 6th. So uh, you can reserve your spot starting now at TampaBayLightning.com slash Block Party Live. Uh, Wednesday, March 6th at 7 p.m. Our first three guests on the Block Party Live were Victor Hedman, Nick Paul and Stephen Stamkos. So, Ooh,
2: how do you beat? How do you beat that? So, right.
1: Wolf and uh, Greg Wolf and Braden Coburn will be joined by a special lightning guest. I do know who it is, but I cannot tell you.
0: Mm, sworn to secrecy. Yes, that's leading into trade deadline and Hall of Fame weekend and yes. Baby Linnelli's arrival. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I am not the special guest.
0: <laughs> I know, is your kid going to be the special guest? That would be a little early of an
1: arrival. But... <laughs>
2: that would be
0: great. That would be great. Well, that's
2: that's a lot of fun.
1: That's yes. a lot. And of fun. speaking of the block party, powered by Lie IPA, a new episode Ooh. dropped this morning with Ross Colton. All Ooh. right. Well, he was certainly in town. The Lightning yes.
0: have done a pretty good job, or I guess it's you, Steve, with with Greg and Greg Wolf and and Kobe getting these former Lightning guys. In for the block party? Yeah, unfortunately, the schedule when they're, when they're visiting
1: the schedule this year has been rough. So, a lot of the guys, for instance, uh, Minnesota when they were in, which you had uh, Pat Maroon and Zach Bogosian, and and uh, New Jersey when they were in one of the trips with Andre Palat and guys like that. It was the f- Tampa was the first trip on the road or first stop on the road trip, mm-hmm. which means they get in late the day before. Oh, okay, so. You know, in order for us to do them, usually it means we have to be, you know, a practice day or a day off beforehand. Yes. Uh, in. so it, it hasn't worked out with the, the former players as much this year um, as we would have liked. But we were able to get Ross Colton last week. So he was great. So that dropped this morning. So it's in your favorite podcast app.
2: Love it. Look at all the moves we're making
0: yeah. as
1: are we we are we are located in your favorite podcast yes,
0: that's Absolutely. Right?
2: <laughs> and we appreciate everybody who's found us and continues to listen and we'll be back at it tomorrow and we'll be talking about the caps maybe a yeah. little bit more maybe we'll get a guess from the caps
0: yeah depending on what their schedule's like big game for the lightning they do not want to finish this homestand one and three i mean i can tell you that I, like i don't need to tell you that that is this is an important game for the Lightning. They need to get back on the horse. They need to to bank two points and and head into this, as I said yesterday, very important road trip with a little bit of wind at their back. Caps have wind at their back, dropping six on the Devils. And Ovechkin is getting, should I say he's getting hot? I mean, he had, a, what, a six-game goal streak. That is, is no longer alive but i think he's got maybe eight or nine goals in his last nine or ten games
2: what does he have right now total
0: what are what's our, what's his goal total? are you so talking far? about career or just no this no right year? now right now this year because he got off to a slow start he did ovechkins at 16 goals and all i think right, he's right. probably gotten eight yeah in, eight in at least he's going to get
2: 20 the last
0: 10 or maybe even less than that so I mean he was at single digit goals can he
2: get the 30 you know somebody like that could get hot right he
0: could could get hot he has been hot yeah so the Caps have played what did I say they played 54 games so if he plays every game down the stretch they have 28 games left yeah He's going to try and score in all of them. <laughs> That's him, what he right? does. That is what he does.
2: Does anybody love scoring goals more, at least showing it, than Alex Ovechkin? Brandon Hagel really loves. He does. Goals. He does. He really does. You're right about that.
0: Yeah.
2: All right. Well, we'll talk more about it tomorrow, partner. Great job. You too. Talking Back to you tomorrow hockey. Thanks to Steve Versnick. Thanks to you for listening. I am Greg Linelli. You've been listening to Power Lunch on Letting Radio.